it's all about being able to push through when when you're hurting you've got to push through that moment and get your hand on the wall first so um i would say my mind and my mental strength is my my strongest point in swimming hi everyone my name is matus and i founded the swim venue podcast with vision to inspire educate entertain and motivate athletes wherever you are today's episode number eight is an inspirational interview with the Olympic champion in the 100 meter freestyle from Rio 2016 from Australia, Kyle Chalmers. So, uh, hi Kyle. It is a pleasure to record this episode with you today. Uh, I appreciate your time. Uh, how are you spending these days before Christmas? Um, for me, it's still business as usual. So, um, I'm rehabbing from a shoulder surgery that I had three and a half weeks ago now. So my days at the moment are revolved around, uh, trying to teach myself to swim again properly, um, physio, massage, uh, plenty of stretching and rehab, uh, that I have to do at home. So um, I'm constantly, I guess, working on my shoulder to to get back in the pool and uh, prepare for Tokyo. So uh, these next few weeks for me are, are super important in my preparation and um, and getting everything moving and and um, right so that when my squad go back to training on January the fourth, I'm able to to keep up with them and do exactly what I need to do in the pool to prepare the best I can for the Olympics. Right. How much time did you spend uh, without swimming? Uh, from the surgery, yep. I only I only had a week off, so um, I'm, a, I'm the surgeon told me six weeks. I'm a person that likes to, you know, push push the boundaries, prove the surgeon wrong. So right. um, I was back in there doing very very light swimming. The first session I swam, I did 25 meters of swimming, mm. um, and within a week from there, I was back up to about two kilometers of swimming, mm. uh, and now. I'm back to about, I'm still staying around two to three kilometers, but I'm doing um, pretty well six to seven swims a week now. So um, things are definitely on the upward, but um, still, a, still a few more weeks until I'm back swimming how I want to swim. Mm. I guess motivation is really high, uh, especially coming to next year. You reached the swimming pinnacle in the 100 meter freestyle. It was four years ago and now you hold the Olympic title for for more than four years now. So uh, let me ask you the first and maybe the most important question that what do you love the most about swimming? I'm a person that loves the hard work that comes with swimming. I love being able to push myself day in, day out. Swimming is probably one of the most um, committed sports we train. I, I personally train six days a week for 50 weeks of the year. We pretty well get two weeks off a year if we're lucky. Um, but for me, I, I love the commitment and I love the structure that's revolved around training those early mornings, mm-hmm. um, and just do it, finding the small things that I can do in my daily life that are going to make me better in the pool. But, uh, I think I'm very lucky to be on the, the national team and be able to travel, uh, internationally. I've made some great friends. I've seen some amazing countries. I've swam in some fantastic pools. So. Um, I've been very, very fortunate in my swimming career to this to this date. Um, so they're, they're probably things that are definitely highlights and stick out to me. 
Mm-hmm. When you are talking about the pools, uh, what is your favorite pool in the world? Oh, it's a really tough one. I swam in an amazing pool in Marseille in 2016. It was just after the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was like kind of on a cliff top that overlooked uh, Marseille. So mm-hmm. I'd probably say that would be one of my, my fondest ones. I also remember being in Germany in an old bathhouse in 2015 it was um, when Adidas released their first uh, Adi Zero racing suit. Um, and that was an amazing pool as well with so much history. Uh, so I'd have to say those two were probably my favorite, um, pools that I've, I've been in, but for me swimming and racing, I'd have to say the pool that I train in every day, which is here in Adelaide. Um, there's been some amazingly fast times swam in there, uh, since it, since it was built in 2011 and I'm lucky that I get to train in there every single day. So, uh, for me, there's nowhere better to race than at home. Is it an indoor pool or outdoor pool? So it's an indoor, it's an indoor pool, um, two big 50 meter pools and then another 25 out the back. It's got a um, grandstand capacity of about 5,000 people. And um, for me, it's got every single thing I possibly need there to train and, and to be the best. It's got um, recovery center, gyms, um, and I, I never have any need to, to leave the pool. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good place to, to be. Right. I'm surprised that you tell, that you told uh, France and Germany because usually people all around the world say Bondi or some Australian pool that is beside the sea overlooking the, the ocean. I think here in Australia we are so gifted to have so many amazing pools on the mm-hmm. beach that um, getting and, I, and I've kind of grown up with that so when you get to experience that different thing like obviously the the German bathhouse like that, that, that pool's older than Australia is as a, as a, um, civilization really. So, mm-hmm. or since we've been, um, I don't even know the word, but since, since kind of like, there's no building that is older mm-hmm. than that pool in Australia. So, um, to see that it's, uh, and be able to swim in there is, is very special. Right. Uh, have you always dreamed about, uh, of becoming the world-class swimmer? Uh, no, for me, I wanted to be an AFL footballer, so which is mm. um, Australian rules football. My my dad played professionally, uh, and I grew up following in his in his footsteps, and always wanted to play play football. So, uh, that, so that what was, what was your motivation dream. to start swimming? Uh, I didn't actually. I, I swam just as a kid because I I grew up in a very small country town. Uh, the town had maybe ten. 10 to 12,000 people living there and as a I had a swimming pool in my backyard so I could I could swim um so as a nine-year-old I went to the school swimming carnival and um uh, was one of the only kids that could actually swim 50 meters so I actually qualified to represent my town at the uh championships in Adelaide and uh, it kind of went on from there but I I saw swimming as a opportunity to stay fit for football mm-hmm. uh, football's a a winter sport here in Australia so Um, I saw swimming during the summer as a great way I could keep fit uh, and then and then be able to focus on my football. So um, that was kind of my motivation to swim to start with. And then obviously once I started to make uh, Australian junior teams and, and then onto the Australian senior team, it became a lot more serious and my motivation changed to, to being successful and, and being one of the world's best rather than just doing it to stay fit. Mm-hmm. So you realize that you are good at swimming. So you, pro- you gradually started to like it, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. I think once I started to get good and, and achieve um, big things in the pool, it, it's very easy to make the decision that, that swimming's for me. And um, I guess swimming, like I said, takes you all over the world and you get some amazing experiences. So um, it was a, it was an easy choice in the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to ask you a question uh, connected to culture of Australian swimming. Because I believe that in many countries, and mine is not exception, uh, many swimmers reach great results at an early age, in maybe 10 to 12 years old, and then lose some kind of spark and joy uh, in the late teenage years and yeah. end the career even before 20th birthday, I guess. So I think they are tired and their coaches, I think, are more result-oriented than joy-oriented in the early age. So what, uh, how is swimming culture different in Australia? I don't, I don't think it is different. I think it is the same and I think it's an important thing that we need to develop is, is um, developing that joy in the young kids coming up and through. Uh, I know that, like you said, we train so hard from such a young age that kids do just burn out and they, and they lose their love and passion for the sport. And I think once you get to those late teenage years, it's either you have to be fully committed and dedicated to swimming or you go out you know, partying and experiencing that kind of normal teenage year lifestyle that um, all your schoolmates are doing. So there's a lot of a lot of people I know that me personally here in Adelaide, there's not one person that I swam with uh, in my age group that's that's still swimming. They've mm-hmm. all they've all stopped and I'm only 22 years old. So it's um it is really sad to see everyone drop off. Um and the, and uh, I'm I'm not 100 sure why that is, but Mm-hmm. I think I think it is all to do with how hard we train and, and once the results, you know, we go up and down in results. If results aren't going our way, people tend to drop out and, and starting the next chapter of their life. So um, it is definitely really sad and I think it is something we do need to work on as a, as a community around the world is um, encouraging people to, to stay in the sport and, and creating that enjoyment and probably creating those pathways where people can actually be successful and, Um, see the opportunity to race whether it's in your own country worldwide I think ISL is a great opportunity for more and more people to compete on the international stage uh, and if it's being televised more regularly people are going to be more excited about watching swimming and actually competing in it so um, I think it is on track in a way it is going to get better but Um, it is definitely really sad and I do believe we have the same problem here. Yeah. I was asking because you and some other world-class swimmers from Australia, from United States, they, you were pretty, you had pretty good times when you were very young and yeah. still going on. So I think uh, for me as a kid, why I stayed at swimming was because I was actually allowed to do other things. Like I played football, I played basketball, mm-hmm. I five times a week in the pool as a kid I didn't do gym um, I kind of just swam to as another sport for such a long period of time until it was up to me to make the decision what I wanted to do so I think for any parents out there that are watching this it is important that you give your kids the opportunity to um, experience these different things as a kid and not allow them to burn out like make them swim if they want to swim Um, let them do other sports, let them, you know, have, have experiences they, they can only have as a child. Um, and I believe that that will allow them not to, to burn out as much. Yeah. 
I just don't see the need for a 12-year-old kid or 10-year-old kid to be training nine swim sessions a week. It's mm. just, uh, I think it's just recipe for people to burn out. Yeah. Do you remember your breaking point when you realized that uh, I want to do swimming for the longer time? Uh, I think it was at the World Championships in 2015 in Kazan. I um, had That was my first opportunity racing in front of... Uh, There was, you know, 15,000 people in the crowd there. It was mm. huge. There was more people in the crowd than the, the country town that I grew up in. So um, for me, that was an amazing experience and it made me want to be an Olympic athlete um, the following year. So mm. I kind of sacrificed everything I could to, to make that a possibility. Yeah. Uh, let me jump to, to ISL. Uh, you participated in ISL, I believe, uh, last year. So how do you like the format? Have you watched the, the series this year? I love it. It's, um, it's been the highlight of my swimming career to this date. Um, I've made some amazing friends. I've been able to be on a very successful team, the London Raw. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually captain the team as well. This year I was um, the captain again this year, but because of my shoulder I had to pull off, unfortunately, which was a real shame. But mm-hmm. um, I, I did sit back and watch my teammates compete week in, week out and i love I love it everything about it is just um is fantastic, and I do think that it's going to continue to grow and I think there's still some things they need to refine to make it a bit more viewer friendly for the people that aren't necessarily swimming supporters that they can watch and understand exactly what's going on and make it even more exciting than it already is but mm-hmm. I think it's a it's a really good um platform they've got now to to grow and expand and I think it's um It is only going to get better and I, and I can't wait for ISL season three. Um, I'll 100% be, be there with my teammates as long as my body, body stays fit and healthy. I'll be um, participating in season three and uh, I think that was one of my hardest decisions this year was to not be in Budapest with my teammates being able to be a part of it. But uh, mm-hmm. I think there's points in your swimming career where you have to put your body first and, and do the right things to, yeah. to get healthy to, to hopefully defend my title next year at the Olympic Games. I think from marketing standpoint, it's, it is some kind of spark that, uh, that swimming needed for, um, for a longer time. Yeah. And, uh, do you like short course swimming? Yeah, I like short course swimming. I'm, I'm never a person that's had given it too much thought, the difference between short course and long course. Um, mm-hmm. obviously I'm probably a little bit better at long course swimming, but, um, yeah, it, it doesn't bother me. It's, it's swimming. Short course is a bit faster. Uh, you can do some different events that we don't get to do long course as well, like the 100 meters I am. Um, so I think it's a, an exciting exciting format and I do think it's a lot easier to race short course meters during um, like for, you know, for that period of time than it would be to do long course back to back. You'd be, be a lot more fatigued and burnt out. So yeah. um, I think they've done right in choosing short course. Mm. Uh, let me ask you, it won the Olympics at a very young age yeah. and uh, it definitely changed your life. So yeah. what are you grateful for and what did you learn on the journey? Oh, there's plenty of things to be grateful. I think gratitude is, an, is a very important thing for our, our daily life. I think it's a, something we should reflect on daily is what we've been grateful for each day. Uh, me personally, my, the biggest things I'm grateful for is probably the support that I've received from my coaches, my family, uh, sponsors, 
and then just general supporters um, wishing me well and wanting to see me succeed has been uh, is always very special, especially when you're representing your country. You want to make sure that they're they're supporting you and, and behind you, and um, it really helps you to be be successful. So uh, for me, I'm I'm grateful that I've had the opportunity to become an Olympian at such a young age, and mm-hmm. and grateful that I was actually able to win. Um, there's not very many people that, especially from Australia, I think we've only won 50 gold medals or so um, in swimming. So to be one of those, um, to be one of three Australians to ever win the 100 freestyle um, is, is, is amazing. But I'm, I'm hungry to do it again. I know, I know what success brings and um, I, I want to be able to achieve that again and have that feeling. How is it like to be uh, Olympic swimming champion in Australia? It's huge to start with. Like it's, it's like, um, I think the hard thing with Olympic sport is we're in the face every four years and we're popular every four years. So mm-hmm. when I first came back, everyone knew who I was. Everyone was stopping me for photos and signatures. Mm-hmm. I was flying around Australia doing, um, appearances and, uh, you name it. Like I was kind of doing it and I was, and I was really popular. I was always in the media and, uh, and then as, as the years have progressed, And that's kind of gone out of mind and there's been more success in Australia in different sports. Um, I've been able to go back to normality a bit really, which has been good. So um, I think, yeah, we, you, you come back a national hero if you're successful at the Olympic Games and, and I was able to achieve that and, and have that feeling. So um, it, is, it is very special. Right. Uh, I mean, swimmers train hard for four years. And then on the day of the race, there is not much to do about your physical readiness. So you are physically prepared. All you can change is the world behind your mind. Uh, what was your mental state at, uh, or how would you describe your mental state at the 2016 Olympic Games? And how do you deal with this all eyes on me situation now? I loved, I loved having the eyes on me. I think that's something I've strived mm-hmm. for my whole life is to be an elite athlete and have the eyes and the attention of, of my country or, or, or the world really like that was my 47 seconds of the Olympic games and I wanted mm-hmm. to make the most of it. Um, so do you enjoy, do you enjoy this attention after Olympics? Absolutely. I, lo- I loved it. I think it's, um, it was fantastic. Like it's, it's great being known. It's great being, uh, I think there's, there, it gets to a point where it is overwhelming and hard, mm-hmm. but I think it is, it is, um, it is really nice to know that people are congratulating you on your achievement and what you've done and, and, and are so proud and, and happy that you, you've done something so well. Um, but yeah, like you said, it is a massive mental game, the Olympic games. And I guess standing behind those blocks for the final, for me, my mindset was that I, I couldn't lose. Like I, I had, I didn't even watch the hundred freestyle in London. I, I didn't know swimming. I didn't know who I was racing against. I didn't know anyone other than Cameron McAvoy in that final. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it was, it was easy to stay composed because I, didn't, I wasn't stressed about Nathan Adrian or Santo Condorelli or these guys that have achieved amazing things to that point. It was all just about doing what I had to do to win. And I knew how hard I'd trained to be there. I knew that all the physical work had been done and it was just about being positive and confident that I could achieve great things. So... Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I, you just got, you got to believe and I, and I believed that I could win and, um, I knew I'd done the work. So the, the body or the mind really takes over and 
you know, it's it's not at all about your body that that kind of freestyle. Really, it's about it's about your mind and getting your hand on the wall first. Mm-hmm. Do you think that uh, this mental state is in you, or have you worked on this before? Definitely worked on it. Um, I think I'm very naturally confident in that regard, but I mm-hmm. think I have had to work on it still a lot. Um, it's not something you're definitely not born with. It's something you do have to work on and, and you do have setbacks. Like you don't win every time and you, and you do have to deal with the losses, but um, it's an important thing for, to work on. Definitely. All right. Uh, Kyle, what is your approach to, to meditation and visualization? Do you visualize the, your races yeah, before? I do. Definitely. I think during this um, COVID period as well, especially when we were in lockdown and unable to be in the pool, Mm-hmm. Um, visualization became quite a big and important part of my life. Um, and with my shoulder injury, like I've had to, I get, I've been in the pool for the last eight months, mm-hmm. not being able to swim or do what I want to do. I've been doing kick. So I've been visualizing my stroke, you know, and visualizing how I want to swim constantly while I'm swimming so that when I can start to swim again, I know ex- my, my mind knows exactly what I need to do and want to do. So, i think visualization is really important, but it's still mm-hmm. a skill that I want to um, definitely get better at. Mm-hmm. And meditation as well, um, extremely important. It's, I think it's something we, we need to work on day to day is just having that, even if it's 30 seconds of just breathing, it's, it's an important 30 seconds where you're um, completely focused and, and not distracted by anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think swimming is a, is a great sport in that regard as well because we are It's one of the only times during the day or um, only one of the, one of the sports where, where technology isn't a massive thing. Like you're in the pool, you're not on your phone, you're not seeing a TV screen, you're not on a computer, an iPad, nothing. It's, you're in your own head yeah. and that's where you do a lot of your thinking and planning. And I think um, swimming, we're so lucky to have that two to four hours a day mm-hmm. in our own mind, um, I guess, thinking about, thinking about things and growing as a perfect person. Yeah, you're right. I think that's kind of what meditation we do two to three hours a day. Yeah. In I the guess. Pool. Yeah. <laughs> like it is almost meditation yeah. um, while, while we're training. Yeah. Uh, do you have any tools to stay calm before racing to deal with pre-race pressure? Um, for me, I, I, I love talking to people. So I, I go mm. around and talk to people as much as I can. Um, normally it's on the massage table. I'm talking to the masseuses as I, Mm-hmm. prepare to race. Um, I took, take an AFL football away with me and I'm always kicking that on pool deck and okay. that helps me think of home and kind of uh-huh. distracts me from what I'm doing. But I am a person that also likes to think about what I'm doing and likes to get myself fired up and ready to race. So I actually do like to visualize mm-hmm. what I'm about to do and what I'm about to achieve. So, um, i think there's a fine line of being staying calm, but I also know that I need to have those nerves and that pressure on me to, to perform at my best. Mm-hmm. Uh, what uh, has been your most memorable race in your life? And what is the story behind? Was it the Olympic final? I think the Olympic final, what we have to say it probably is, mm-hmm. but I think there's two more races that really stand out for me, which would be, um, There's probably three actually. So my first one I'm going to go with would be 28, 2018. Um, 
I had heart surgery in 2017. Mm-hmm. 2018, I came back um, to the Pan, Panpax in Japan, in Tokyo, against the Americans. Um, Drez, like Caleb Drezel would swam so well the year before at the World Championships in, in Budapest. Mm-hmm. And it was our kind of first matchup head-to-head. Um, and I hadn't been racing well. I hadn't been swimming well that whole period. Um, and I mentally was not in a good place to perform. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a really bad 200 freestyle. I didn't even make the final. Uh, and then I had the 100 freestyle the next day and I had to reset my mind to perform. And for me, I I turned eighth and then went on to win that race. Mm-hmm. And it just gave me that confidence back and belief that I could um, still swim and, and achieve great things. And that that's what began the whole 2019, coming down to 2019, doing doing a personal best in, um, in, in, uh, South Korea last year. Like that's my, my best swim I've ever done 47.0 seconds. Um, so I have to say that's probably my second one that, that really sticks out to me is to this point, that's the best race I've ever done. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be so close to Caleb and mm-hmm. him so close to the world record, um, it was a great race to be a part of because we were so far ahead of the rest of the field and it was a real battle. Um, and if I look back at it, you know, the, the, the time that he won by was just our reaction off the block. Um, so I know for me, all I have to do is improve the react, my reaction time. And I'm, and I'm at the exact same time as him. Mm-hmm. Um, that's without improving any of my skills in the pool. Yeah. And the third race, um, was the skins in Budapest last year at the ISL, uh, because we'd, we'd raced in Dallas the week before. I'd been knocked out in the first round and I was devastated and I hated watching the next two rounds and seeing these guys uh-huh. uh, go on to win because I knew that that, sh- that should be me. <laughs> so Budapest was kind of my redemption. Um, and I knew that I'd gone too easy in the first round in Dallas and I know that I'm fit and I know that I'm able to be consistent across 350s. So... I knew that I could go as fast as I could in that first one to get through that next round. And it ended up me being um, versus, versus Vladimir Morozov in the, in the final, the third round. And we've had a lot of battles over the years at World Cups and um, mainly World Cups, really. We've had lots of really, really close races. And that for me was um, I loved being just me versus him in the pool being able to stare him down while we stood up onto the blocks and wanting nothing more than to, to win and to beat, to beat Vlad um, and to actually get on the wall first and win and then have that emotion of my team supporting me uh-huh. uh, and how bad, like I felt so sick after that race. I've never felt more. Uh, this the lactic acid that builds up after three max effort fifties. I felt sick for, that whole day, it took me a long time to, to recover from that. But mm-hmm. um, I'd say that those, those three races really are my, my highlights. Um, they're not necessarily like, obviously the Olympic Games was massive. I won there. I won at Commonwealth Games. We've, I've, won, I've won relay medals internationally. But um, I'd say that those three are my, my highlights, um, all for different reasons. Um, and they definitely stand out in my, in my mind. Mm-hmm. You mentioned several of your competitors. Uh, do you, do you think about your competitors or do you, do you watch them and do you compare yourself with them during the season or no, 
Not at all. I'm a, I'm a person that I'm in control of myself and what I do day to day. Like I can't control what Nathan Adrian's doing. I can't control what Cameron McAvoy's yep. doing. And I don't need to know what they're doing to train. Mm-hmm. They're preparing the best way they know how. And I prepare the best way I, I know how to be to be better than them. Um, so no, I don't I don't look into swimming results um, all that much. I have a little bit of an idea what's going on only from my coach telling me. But um, I like to just focus on myself and do exactly what I need to do to be to be what I see is the best. Mm-hmm. Is the easier strategy um, for maybe all the Olympic games adapted to the competitors? For example, if you are swimming next to Caleb, you are adapted to his race or you are, you are just, you know, looking for yourself? No, me, it's all about swimming your own race. You have a race plan and you train that race plan every single day of the, of the four-year cycle to, to swim your race in your way. So you can't get caught up where other guys are or what they're doing or, or what they're not doing. Like Caleb could go out and swim really slow on the first 50 and if you're expecting him to go fast, it's going gonna, it's gonna to distract you from what you're trying to achieve and do. So it's all about um, yeah, doing your own thing, definitely. Yeah, that's true. Uh, what do you think is your biggest swimming strength? Um, I would say my mind. I, I don't think it's, I don't think it, I'm not a great kicker. My kick isn't great. My skills aren't great. Mm-hmm. Like my turn dives, they're not good. My underwater fly kick's not that good. Okay. If you look at my stroke, it's not that technically good either. <laughs> it's all about, it's just a mind game. I think it's 40, mm-hmm. hopefully 46 seconds of, of maximum effort swimming mm-hmm. to get you on the wall. And it's all about being able to push through when, when you're hurting, you've got to push through that moment and get your hand on the wall first. So, Um, I would say my mind and my mental strength is my my strongest point in swimming. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to I would love to talk more specifically about your training. So if you can tell me how do you structure how do you divide the season prior to Olympics? Um, well, we in Australia we don't get the opportunity to race um, all that often. Like obviously in America they race all the time mm-hmm. uh, in the college system. Europe, you guys get to fly, you know, around the countries and race mm-hmm. uh, against each other. We here in Australia, we, we, it's too far to travel international to race anywhere, really. Like, there's nowhere close. So, for us, we, we train hard. We get to race potentially two to three times before um, our Olympic trials. Normally, it would be like our state championships here. Mm-hmm. And then we go to like New South Wales state championships in Sydney. Um which is where most of the Australian guys all race and you kind of get to see where you are against them at that stage. And then potentially a third meet, which is just dependent on how the body's going and how you're racing. But, and then it's Olympic trials and then, and then the Olympic Games. So um, we don't race heaps. We, we just tend to do that big blocks of training. And um, I think that's probably where we do lack is, is racing. And I think ISL is going to be a big step forward for us as a country is getting us to race more and, Um, it's an important skill racing, um, but it's, it's really good for your fitness as well. So, um, I think we're, we're going to get better as a country as we get to race more definitely mm-hmm. against the best. Yeah. Uh, what is your favorite type of workout? Do you train more like 200 freestyler or more like sprinter 50 freestyler? 
Uh, definitely 200. I've always trained more mm-hmm. middle distance um, and then come down to race the 100. Mm-hmm. That's, why, that's why my back end's quite good in the 100 because I train train um, to swim a 200 really and, and I have done some good 200s, but I enjoy racing the 100 a whole lot more. So that's why I mm-hmm. uh, definitely uh, prefer to do the 100 and, and um, make sure that that's the event I'm swimming at the, the major meets and swimming that fast. Right. How does your usual training week looks like? For me, so it's um, so we swim Monday morning, mm-hmm. um, Monday afternoon, Tuesday, and they're they're kind of our hard. It's a hard day. Um, Tuesday morning we do a gym session, then then swimming. Sorry, swimming and then gym, and then we repeat that three times. So it's double Wednesday, swimming swimming gym Thursday, double Friday, swimming gym Saturday, and then I. Personally, do um, Pilates before every session as well as a lot of core. Um, I cycle to and from the pool, um, do a bit of running, and then pretty well do physio and massage every single day as well. So um, there's a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of hours spent yeah. in and around the swimming pool. Yeah. So that double day means double swimming practice or one swimming practice and one gym practice. No, double swimming practice. Double swimming practice. So, All right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there is no doubt that in order to to be the best in the sport, you need to stay healthy. So how do you keep yourself healthy throughout the year? I minimize how much I, I go out and spend time probably out of the house, really. It's all about um, doing everything I possibly can to recover after every single session. Obviously, our bodies are, are getting thrashed and we're exhausted day in, day out. And if you're doing the wrong things and not recovering, you're going to get sick um, and your body's going to get run down. So um, I just make sure that I'm getting enough sleep, eating the right foods, drinking enough water, all the simple things that people tell you to do constantly, um, they are extremely important. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there is no right answer, I think, to this question, but what do you think is the key to success in 100-meter freestyle from your perspective? Mm. That's a that's a really tough question. I think I think the people that have won it and done well in it all have different strengths that have mm. um, come into play. I think it's probably the mind game and just staying staying controlled and swimming your own race. Really, I think you look at a person like Cameron McAvoy compared to me. Mm-hmm. We've both run very similar times. We both have completely different body body shapes and different strengths in the pool, but we've both been successful in the 100 freestyle and I think it's all just to do with our mind mm-hmm. and um, believing in what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And what would be your piece of advice for really young swimmer uh, for really young swimmer to keep swimming, to keep enjoying this sport? I think um, making sure you have, like I said at the start of the podcast, is um, is life balance is crucial, like enjoying a lot of things away from the pool, having that variety so that you are excited to, to go to the pool and swim with your friends and, um, you know, play other sports, experience the opportunities you have in life as a child. I know I look back even and think I wish I experienced so many things that I kind of feel like I missed out on, but... Um, Definitely young, and then eventually you will you will choose the path pathway that's right for you. But um, yeah, I guess it's that that would be my number one advice. Yeah, listen to your coaches as well. Uh, Kyle, what are you passionate about besides swimming? 
What do you do when you are not training? I'm extremely passionate about NBA basketball. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm obsessed with basketball, so I kind of what I watch a lot of basketball. Uh-huh. I collect I collect basketball cards. Actually, uh-huh. I got basketball cards in front of me. I play bas- fantasy basketball. Uh-huh. I, I play PlayStation basketball. Like I'm I'm mad. I even go I go shoot basketball. Uh-huh. Um, when it's a nice day, I love going outdoors, getting a bit of vitamin D, and shooting uh-huh. the basketball. It's great. But um, what is your favorite team? Um, I don't have a favorite team. I just have favorite players and I watch my players and that, that gives me, it means I can watch so many different games each day. So it kind of, yeah. uh, is better. So well, that I'd say, I'm, um, I've started my own podcast actually with a, with a friend of mine we're doing, it's called mates and plates. So uh-huh. we do that once a week. Um, we have, we have different guests so far. They've all been athletes that I've, that we've, we've known and, um, we kind of cook up a dinner and, and then interview them while we eat a dinner. So for me, that's been a really a really good thing. Um, it's an easy way to hang out with my friends um, and kind of pick the brains of other professional athletes. So it's been great for me to grow as a person as well. Um, I'm I'm actually well, I was studying psychology at university, mm-hmm. but I've actually transferred. I'm hoping to get into. Um, business but I want to because I want to do sports management eventually I think that's kind of the avenue I want to head down so yeah um, next year I'll be I'll be studying as well so that's another passion of mine mm-hmm. um, I have a, a large collection of um, reptiles like uh, lizards and pythons and crocodiles reptiles um, yes yeah, so my garage is actually a reptile room um, <laughs> so I spend a lot of time feeding feeding pythons and um, uh-huh feeding my lizards and, and breeding them and um, yeah, I guess, I guess that sort of stuff. But uh-huh. um, I think my number one is probably just sport and yeah. I love, I love watching sport. I love being involved in it. Uh, and I love, and I, I love going to watch sport live. I think there's nothing better, uh-huh. better to do than watch, watch the best athletes in the world do what they're best at, which is um, in, in any sport I, I find, find uh-huh. so satisfying. So um I've got plenty of passions. I think I'm a person that also change. Like I, I go really hard on things. Like I, as in like I have a passion and, and I go probably too hard on that passion for a couple of months and I burn myself out on that passion and I change to the next thing and I'm constantly probably, probably changing through. But um, I think it's perfect I'm, way to find out what, what are you passionate about really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've, I've given everything a crack from photography mm-hmm. um, church i went to church really hard for a while mm-hmm. there um you, you name it i've kind of done it and had a good crack at it to see whether it's for me and um um obviously all healthy things that, are, that i think mm-hmm. are going to be beneficial for my swimming career um but yeah I've, i've definitely um enjoyed plenty of different hobbies and and um passions across my, my mm-hmm. lifetime yeah and uh, do you sometimes think about life after swimming about your future I think this shoulder injury for me recently has made me, and coronavirus, um, mm-hmm. I think that, I think COVID's been a really good thing for me in realizing that there is a whole lot more to life than sport. And I mm-hmm. probably do need to um, think about what's next after sport because sport can be taken away from you so quickly. Yeah. And I think that with my shoulder injury, like I think, you know, um, I know that I'll be, I know that I will be back swimming fast, but I know that there's been plenty of, Um, guys who've had shoulder surgery and never been able to get back to where they were from it. So 
Um, for me, it's been, a, it's been a good learning this year to go, I need to be at university studying and preparing for life after sport. Mm. I need to be growing myself as a person and I guess interacting with people from all over and, um, you know, making those relationships so that I can have potential jobs and opportunities once sport's done. And, um, you know, I am only 22 years old, but I do need to, to think about these things massively because I know that, like I said, sport can be taken away so quickly and we're, I don't think we realise that as, an, as athletes um, day to day. You kind of go, oh, I've got training today. Mm-hmm. But you could go to training and you could do a dive and, you know, hyperextend your back and never be able to swim properly again because you've done your back in and, and that's it and you've got nothing to fall back on. And um, So, yeah, definitely. Um, I definitely have thought about it massively and what I, what I want to do, especially over this, this year, definitely. Uh, Kyle, I would like to thank you very much for your time today. I wish you all the best. Best of luck first on trials, then, on, then in Olympic Games in Tokyo. Stay healthy. Take care. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it, mate. Appreciate your time also. Wish you all the best. Thank you for listening to the Swim Venue podcast. If you loved the episode, please leave a review on your favorite platform and feel free to message me anytime. Have a great day.